How do you feel having been a big part of putting the South on the map and like what's some of your musical inspirations? Oh, it feels good, you know what I'm saying? To me, as far as inspiration, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Me and my boy used to listen to the old school Eric B and Rakim, Curtis Blow, you know what I'm saying? But now we vibing off our crew, the Goody Mob, you know what I'm saying? PA, you know what I'm saying? Mr. Everybody, Society of Soul. And so now, you know what I'm saying, we just, you know what I'm saying, trying to put Atlanta out there, you know what I'm saying, to let people know Atlanta is here and, and they got some real players in this game down here, you know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about hip hop. More specifically, we're going to talk about Southern hip hop. Now, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know that back in 1995 at the Source Awards, uh, Outkast won their award. And as they went to the stage to accept the Best New Artist Award, they were unceremoniously booed the hell off the stage from the mostly New York audience. And Andre 3000 stepped to the microphone and famously said, the South got something to say. And walked off. And literally in hip hop, the South has been speaking ever since. If you want to keep it real, the South has pretty much had a stranglehold on hip hop for the better part of the last 10 to 15 years. And it doesn't seem to be letting up. Nonetheless, I decided to get the homie King Germ from the Frocast podcast on the podcast. And we were just going to talk about southern hip-hop but more specifically we give you our favorite five southern mcs and then we also give you our favorite five southern hip-hop albums of all time now notice that i said favorite not the best not the greatest of all time this isn't an official list but these are some of our favorites so what i want you to do is sit back relax and listen to the podcast and when we're done Hit us up on social media, hit us up on SoundCloud or whatever you're listening to on and comment or hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think about our favorites and more importantly, give us your favorites. But for now, what I want you to do is just sit back and chill and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned in the intro, this is the 12 Kyle podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we got a special guest in the building. Uh, if you follow the podcast, you've heard him on here before. Uh, this week's guest is not only a husband, he's a father, he's a coach. Uh, he's also a connoisseur of left-hand cigarettes. So, <laughs> so if you follow the podcast, you know that he was on here before talking about left-hand cigarettes. Ladies and gentlemen, one half of the almighty Frocast podcast over on nappyafro.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you my man, King Germ. King Germ, what up, baby? Hey, what's going on, 12 Cow, man? What up, everybody out here in 12 Cow Podcast World, man? It's your boy, King Germ, a.k.a. the People's Champion. I'm not going to go through my whole a.k.a. list because that'd be like a whole minute. So, you know, if you want to hear the whole list, go check the show out. Uh, we, you know, I'm half of the Frocast, me and my old lady, Queen Germ. Shout you know what I'm saying? You can check Germ. us out. Yeah, shout out to Queen Germ. Uh, you can check us out on nappyafro.com or you can just go to Frocast.com and just listen to straight shows, you know. Follow us on social media at Frocast at Nappy Afro. You can follow me on Twitter at King Germ One. 
the number one trying to be like 12 cal you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's just what they gave me i, was, I just put king jay said the name was available so i was like okay and then they threw a one on us oh that shit disgusting <laughs> <laughs> man well i had to get you back on man we had talked uh off air before about uh doing another joint and um you know king germ just like me is from the south he's actually hey. originally from north carolina uh, he happens to be a fan of that school in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina A and T. Yeah, you said it right. <laughs> anyway, uh, they are the rivals of my alma mater, South Carolina State University. But we ain't talking football tonight. No, um, <laughs> nothing to talk about. It's nothing to talk about. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, we, we, we were both from the South. So we, we, I thought it would be dope, man. If we came on and talked about some hip hop more specifically, if we talked about some of our favorites, um, when it comes to, uh, hip hop, we all know where it started. It started in the boogie down Bronx, uh, shout out to cool Herc. Uh, but over a period of time, you know, the South rose up, if you will, you know, from, and it started with legendary groups like, you know, uh, Two Live Crew, UGK on Outkast and TI and so forth and so on. And the South has really been booming until the point where at the time of this recording, you can make a case that the South and Southern rap really has had a stranglehold on hip hop, probably for the better part of a decade. And honestly, it doesn't seem like there's any uh, any they're not going to let up anytime soon. Um, so what I wanted to do, man, I wanted to get you on here because I know you're a big hip hop head just like me. And, you know, of course, Andre 3000 from Outkast famously after they got booed uh, at the 1995 Source Awards got up and said uh, the South got something to say. And to be honest, I, you know, Andre was correct. The South does have something to say. So what I wanted to do was um, we're not going to do a list because trust me. In 2019, we saw way too many hip hop lists. <laughs> way too- I kind of like them. I kind of like them. I, I hated just about everyone that came out. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring Germ on because, again, like I said, we're from the South, um, and we're both you know huge hip hop fans. But what we're gonna do, and I want you guys to listen closely, we're going to give you our favorite five MCs from the South. And then we're going to give you our favorite five hip hop albums from the South. So it could be anybody. I mean, if Germ wants to nominate uh, one of his favorite MCs, JT Money. (laughs) I mean, I might end the podcast, but hey, you know, this is his favorite. Now, and what what, the reason why I want to make this point clear is because a lot of times when we start talking about hip hop and somebody says, oh, such and such is the best, such and such is the best. And it becomes an argument or a debate. This isn't really up for debate because these are our favorites, yes. not the best, not the you know grace of all time. These are just the people and the albums that we like. So without further ado, did you have yours in any kind of order germ or you just. Well, I mean, I did, you know. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's from, cool. Uh, just that's... order from, you know, my my, you know, the 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 like scale. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, okay. All right. So, I, in that case, 
Give me your number five MC from the South and why you like them. Okay, my number five MC from the South, I will put T.I. with an asterisk. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And the asterisk is on... get a South? Yes, T.I., you know what I'm saying? Because T.I. first threw... Are damn near classics, Southern classics. I call them Southern classics. I ain't gonna say across the board because somebody in California might not feel it. But down south, mm-hmm. when you listen, I'm serious. Urban legend uh, uh, was trap other trap, trap music, and then King. Those four, Ti was like he was a he, he was that dude. But the asterisks come because after that, when Ti did that song, now why you wanna go and do that? When him and Utip <laughs> got together, like Ti got cute. And he, he wanted to be cute then. He didn't want to be, you know what I'm saying, tip. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be old cute, little light-skinned dude dancing. And then that's when he went, you know, he just went the other way. You know what I'm saying? So, and he started making some questionable music. You know what I'm saying? Still like I'm Illy off of Paper Trail. But I just really don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't really listen to T.I. music no more. Like, I like him on TV and stuff. You know, I like T.I. the... The person now, I don't want to listen to T.I. the rapper no more. So, <laughs> you know, I'm for real. Just be real. Like, only, only old T.I. Oh, that's T. fair. Yeah, yeah, only old. So that's why I put number five T.I. with an asterisk. And I just want to explain the asterisk. Okay. okay. Um, right. Surprisingly, I have T.I. at five as well. Wow. Um. Yeah, man. I, I think for me, T.I. was, uh, he was someone that um, I, I didn't, I remember not hearing the I'm Serious album. But um, I heard trap. Trap music was the first album that I heard, and then I went back to I'm Serious. But um, I remember going to this spot in um, <laughs> in Buckhead here in Atlanta, uh, what used to be the, the the jumping part of Buckhead, but it's no, it's a shopping district now. But and I remember seeing him perform, and this was before his album was even out. Like, I don't even think people even knew, like he was opening up for somebody. He might've been opening up for Ludacris, I think. And Luda was on the radio at the time. He was Chris Lover Lover here. Yeah. At the uh, radio station. (laughs) Yep. Chris Lover Lover. Poon Daddy. Exactly. Exactly. So this is like, look, hold up. What's up? This is the name Poon Daddy on the radio. Poon Poon Daddy. Daddy. Yep. Oh man. That's, that's Chris. That was Chris Lover Lover's right hand man. I, and um, yeah, it was Chris Lover Love and Poon Daddy. They had the uh, the afternoon uh, drive show on a hip hop station, and the hip hop station was it was hot. It was I think it was Hot ninety seven back then. Um, Seven point five, wasn't it? Not yeah, Hot ninety seven point five. And um, and I remember and that that radio station kind of coincided with the time that I moved here in, in, to Atlanta uh, from South Carolina in nineteen ninety seven. And yep, so I live in Atlanta. Exactly, exactly. So um I remember hearing T.I. somewhere around that time or shortly thereafter, uh, at a club. And um, you know, I don't really even remember what he was rapping about, but you could tell he had a he had a level of confidence, but he was very clear. And I just remember that particular night, like the speakers really weren't that good and the sound system wasn't that good in the place that we were in. And um but you could hear every word he was saying and he was clear and he was very confident and he was real, you know, you could, you could kind of tell he was real cocky. And again, nobody knew who this dude was. And I was like, oh, man, this dude is, he all right. And, I, and some of the bars that I caught that he was spitting, I was like, okay, this dude is kind of nice. And so I just kind of put that in the back of my mind that, um, you know, who he was or whatever the case may be. And I, and I think the album probably came out a few months later after that. Once I heard trap music, I was like, man, this dude can go. 
Like yeah. I was really, really impressed with uh, with him and everything like that. And then over the years, man, I just I just became a fan, man. Ti just really, you know, really embodied and was the epitome of what you know we were doing here in Atlanta. And uh, he represented the city well. And um, you know, much like you, I think that and and I think this is funny that you mentioned that because I think even for even for the most avid hip hop fan, I think there comes a point sometimes even with their favorite artists where they just kind of get tired of hearing them, you know, and it's not that they're whack. It's just like, you just, you're stuck on a certain period or maybe they evolve into something that you don't necessarily care for, whatever the case may be, or maybe they just don't, they just stop rapping the way that they used to. And so I'm kind of like that with TI as well. Like I think the last TI album that I listened to probably was paper trail. And Paper Trail was okay. It, there's not really anything that really jumps out at, my, at at me in particular right now that reminds me of Paper Trail. But his albums up to that point, I really, really dug. Like I said, um, Trap Music was one of my favorites, Urban Legend. Um, but, um, but yeah, as an MC, T.I., yeah, uh, no doubt. He comes in for me at number five as far as Southern rap. So I'm really interested. And for those of you guys listening, German I. I don't know what he's got on his list. He doesn't know what I have on my list. So I'm very interested to see how many MCs that we have, you know, that'll be in common. I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be at least two, um, but I'm not sure outside of that. Who you got at number four? All right. Number four. I got Lil Wayne. Okay. 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 <laughs> And and Little Wayne is just like when Little Wayne first came out, I couldn't stand him. When he was with the Hot Boys, I couldn't. Oh, I got a girl named Keisha. She wanted me to freak out. They call her and I, I used to like, oh, I can't stand that little dude. We used to come on the song. I used to be like, oh, turn it off. Lil Wayne on the song, man. Skip, skip, skip. You know what I'm saying? But it's like then it's like you saw Wayne learn how to rap. It's like for some, it was just like Wayne got off of that country stuff. And it was like he got on that mixtape stuff, started rapping over all the beats when he started doing the squad up stuff. And then it was like Wayne, like he really learned to rap. You know what I'm saying? And then he he became like from 05 to about 2010, Lil Wayne was unstoppable. Lil Wayne was the best rapper alive. From two, from that five year stretch, I think Lil Wayne was the best rapper alive. And he put out some great content during that stretch. And I mean, now, like before Wayne did My Leather So Soft, that song, and he picked up that damn guitar, that's what changed his whole career. Mm. When Lil Wayne picked up that guitar and started strumming them little strings he used to do on that one little song, it just, it took him somewhere else. And I don't, it's like, I don't really, you know, it's like Wayne ain't the same no more, you know. But <laughs> what he did, though, you know, he was, he was, he was dope for that little stretch. So I got Lil Wayne in number four. Yeah, man. I, I, I think, um, you make a great point about Wayne because when the hot boys came out, Wayne probably was like, I don't know. Bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like he was a dude that said wobbity wobbity dropping. Wobbity like wobbity. Wobbity wobbity. He was the ad lib guy. Like he wasn't yes. like when I listened to hot boys, I was checking for juvie. I was checking for Turk. Um, BG, BG, you know, yeah. so I, I, probably for me it was it was Turk and, and then BG, and then I'm sorry, Juvie and then BG, and then so like Wayne wasn't somebody I was really checking for lyrically, man. But you were dead on on point. I think 
there came a time and I can't remember when it was and like you said it might have been 05 and it was just, I heard a mixtape I can't even remember which one it was and I was like yo who is who is this dude rapping it's like that's Lil Wayne I was like I, I, I never get it because I was in the car with my man and he was like yo that's Lil Wayne I was like this can't be the same Lil Wayne from the Hot Boys I mean like he was told he was it was totally different I mean like it was almost like a different person and I'd never seen anything like that before and and you're right you can make it regardless whether or not you like or hate Wayne you can make a case that his run in hip hop that run that he had that four or five year run he was killing it I mean like there might not have been anybody that could could touch him whether or not it was albums mixtapes guest features you wasn't touching Wayne at that particular time smoking him he was smoking him he smoked Hove on um, Swagger Like Us. Yep. Smoked him. Yep. Yep. And I remember when, when Hove was trying to sign him to Rockefeller, I, I felt like that was a move because Hove saw where he was going. He saw where yep. Wayne was. He Wayne was where Hove had been at one point. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, and he had the game on lock. I think, you know, over a period of time, and, and I tell people this all the time, I think my only criticism for Wayne or one of my criticisms for Wayne is I I think he's not motivated and I don't know if it's because of the drugs and all this other stuff but but when he's motivated and I know you know he went through this whole thing with his contract with baby and everything like that but when he's motivated it's very few that can touch him yeah he's just not motivated yeah, because when he's not motivated, he give you lines like, I'm a love bug. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> like, I, I, don't even, I don't even know where that's from. <laughs> this, 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 Wayne, what? You a love bug? Buzz, buzz? Like, what? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So that's, so, so that's your number four. I got number four for me. It's Cat out of Houston, Texas. Actually, Port Arthur. Bun B. Bun. Okay. Um, okay. Bun B, man. The first time I heard this cat was like 96, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was 96 because it had to be. Um, it, it was either before the album came out or right after the album came out. And like I was just like. And I mean, like Pimp C had a distinct voice, but when I heard Bun B, I was like, "Yo, this dude can rap." And I was like, "Where they from?" They was like, "Oh, they from Texas." Okay. And then I heard his verse on uh, the song "Murder." <laughs> it was a rap. <laughs> well, it's Bun B, bitch, the king of chick moving chickens, not the finger lickers. That part where he said something about the Pelly Pelly and Jelly and Belly. Oh, man. Come on, That was a game changer. Well, it's Bun B, bitch, and I'm the king of moving chickens, not them finger lickings. Sticking niggas that be tricking, you need a swift kicking. Your ass is right for the picking, now as my pocket sticking. I'm deep thinking nickel slicking, you sick when I be clicking. Now take a look at the bigger nigga, my liquor swigger. Play a hater, ditch digger, figure my hair trigger. Give a hop one in your liver, you shiver, shake and quiver. I'm frivolous if a nigga get wetter than a river. For what is worth is the birth of some niggas doing dirt. Fuck a first night, off the skirt, make the pussy hurt. Mr. Master, hit the switcher faster, then you keep 
people blister faster. Fuck your sister pastor. Get the elbows for sale, yo. Brother, better have my mail, ho. Before I catch a murder case and go to jail, oh, hell no. Time to bail, hit the trail so we can sell more. Fucking yell, get the scale, no. Other bullet duckers can shove us out of this game. They better buck us, cause the cluckers, they love us. Make them glass dick suckers. Shake they jelly like smokers. I hit like non chuckers. Cause your Texas bring the ruckus. This for my motherfuckers. Cookie cheese, some crooked cheese. Rocking up on the keys to get the hook with ease. Wanna be? I was like, yo, this dude, I mean, like, and see, for those of you listening, I'm always, I've, I've always been big on lyrics. So, I mean, like, that's just how I grew up listening to hip hop. It was, it's about what you say, even to this day, you got to say something to move me. And when I heard that verse, I was just like, yo, I'm a fan. I don't know where these guys were. I mean, I was getting to know where they were from and who they, who they were and what they were about, but, um, yeah, I became an instant fan, man. But he's he has delivered, at least for me, and been very consistent, you know, both with UGK and, uh, you know, throughout his solo career. And he's been able to not only, you know, carry himself well as an MC on, like I said, those things, but also, you know, guest features and stuff, man. And just an all-around good dude, man. He They call him the OG. And, I mean, he really, when you listen to him talk, he sounds like an OG. But, um... Yeah, man, one of my one of my favorite rappers, man, definitely number four for me from the South, uh, Bernard Freeman, aka Bun B. Um, so we move up to number three. Who you got at three? All right, now this is now now uh-oh, I got to ask <laughs> when, when Dush starts saying, "All right," <laughs> I got to ask a question now. Now it is what do we call a Southern rapper? Somebody from North Carolina? Are they a Southern rapper? I would call the South anything from Virginia on down. Okay. And then you go from the West probably to Texas. So anything from Texas to Virginia. I'm not even all of Texas. I don't see that's that. I don't call all of Texas the South. I just call the Houston area, that little like East Texas, like a little bit. Cause a lot of like Laredo, we can't, we can't call that the South. Like that's they eat tacos over there. Like you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. So I'm just saying. Like it's just so yeah, but okay. So if 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 we are including North Carolina in the South, I got, J, I got J. Cole number three. You know what I'm saying? See, I, see, see, that's what I'm saying. But if, if we don't want to count J. Cole as no, no, a no, 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 no. Re- remember, these are your favorites. So okay, there's no, yeah, there's I, no I, wrong I, answer. I don't want to mess up the flow of your show. I don't no, know if you no, 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 consider Zern, J. Zern. Cole a Southern rapper. All means, no, he's he's from North Carolina, so that's the South. So by all means, that's I, I'm just I'm surprised at the answer. But no, that's your answer. There's you're not messing up anything. Okay. Go with I, your, I go with your list. Because I had a backup just in case. I had a backup. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no. I don't want Whatever okay. you say goes. This is okay, your list. Okay, so I got I got J. Cole number three. Okay. You know, simply put, you know, J. Cole right now to me is the best rapper out right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And the, just to see the maturation of him from when he started up with the come up to the warm up, you know, his first album, you know what I'm saying, was the industry stuff. And he told the label, like, look, you know, I'm glad he, the label started letting him make his own music. And then you saw what you got now just to... I mean, J. Cole the dude, bro. He that dude, bro. I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I had to put him number three, man. Okay. So, J. Cole's... 
just because he's from the South. I, you know, not in traditional sense. You don't think Southern rapper when you hear J. Cole, but I feel if you're going to call the baby a Southern rapper, we got to call J. Cole the Southern rapper because they're from the same state. Oh, no. So. No, any, anybody from anybody from Virginia on down, they're, they're Southern rapper. Okay. So, that's, right. so that would include Pusha T. That would include, you know, Magoo. Magoo. <laughs> I don't think Magoo's gonna make it anybody's list, but um, you damn sure ain't gonna make mine. But 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 uh, but yeah. So nah nah Cole. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned Cole, man, because I think I am very impressed with him. Um, I'm a fan. I, I like his style. I like what he brings to the table, man. He he really reminds. He's one of those younger guys that reminds me of. Uh, the MCs that were out like when I was coming up and so he reminds me of the guys from the 90s and and Nas is his favorite rapper exactly he he's he's from that tree you know so I think uh I think he and um Kendrick are you know in my opinion as far as the newer generation of rappers I think are one and two um I have Kendrick open one no I got I got Kendrick over him Man, listen, man. It's just a delivery with Col- with Kendrick. That's all y'all like is the delivery. He can say, ah, that's what y'all like. If you listen to what he's actually saying, he ain't saying nothing with Trust me. Kendrick is slightly better. And there will be a podcast. I'm waiting on my son Cameron to come around, but he I told him he has to listen to because he's a huge, like Cole is his favorite MC. And I told him, I said, well, we can do a podcast debating Kendrick and Cole. I was like, but you need to, he hasn't heard any of Kendrick's albums. I was like, you got to, I need to give you this. I said, because you might change your mind once you hear Kendrick. No, he won't. No, he won't. We'll see. But but at least, but he has to have a a starting point for us to have a discussion. So, um, but nah, man, your list, I mean, that's. This is your list. This again. This is your favorite. These aren't. Yeah, the... I, I just didn't want to mess up the floor of the show. Mm, no, brother. The only way you can mess it up is if, like, you, if you'd have said P.D. Pablo, then you know we might have had a problem. But, <laughs> but, but well, well, hey, look, we might as well stop the show then, man, because my number one, you just ruined it, bro. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but it, it's uh, but now, nah, but again, it's it's your favorite. So, um, I my number three. And I hate to do this, but I can do this because it's my show. I actually have a tie at number three. I have two oh, okay. MCs at tie at number three. Okay. Because these are two of my two of my favorites, and I really couldn't split them up. Um, one is also an MC from North Carolina. Mm. Fonte from Little Brother. Okay. Mm. Man, I think Fonte is so dope. I mean, like, he reminds me of a combination of MCs from the 80s. And I think he's got a little bit of the 90s. You can tell where his influences are. But the way that he delivers and his punchlines and his cadence. And I think one of the things that always kind of uh, uh, you know, made me gravitate toward Fonte was because almost everything that he was rapping about, I could relate to, you know, he's not somebody who's going to talk about how many people he shot, how many, you know, drugs he sold or anything like that. He was just a regular ass dude with some dope ass rhymes. And, you know, I kind of like it myself like that. I'm a regular ass dude with a dope ass podcast. 
So, you know, it's uh, so yeah, Fonte, man, love hearing. I mean, you'd be, in my opinion, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a bad Fonte verse, you know, even when he ain't trying, he he usually delivers. Um, so he's he's one half of my number three, my other half of number three, right here in Atlanta, man, pioneer, icon, big boy from Outcast. Oh, okay. Um, people sleep on Daddy Fat Sax. I mean, like because naturally, when you're in a duo, you people tend to you know compare you to your partner, whatever the case may be. So Moses is always going to be you know tied in with uh, Talib Kweli. You know, Fife and Q-Tip will always be linked together. Dre and Big Boy will always be linked together. And you know, I think sometimes when people talk about them, they kind of tend to leave Big Boy out of the discussion, but. Do yourself a favor. Go listen to Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music. Go listen to Equimini. Go listen to ATLNs. Go listen to Stankonia. Go listen to, you know, some of the features. Big Boy, he doesn't just hold his own when it comes to rhyming with Drake. Big Boy crushes it. And, you know, for as dope as his partner is, you know, he's not overshadowed, I don't think. You know, it's not like you you listen to an outcast track and then you say, okay, well, let me just get to Dre's part because it's, it's not that. Um, but yeah, I've got Big Boy, and and Big Boy also, you know, on a solo tip, has done his own thing, you know, since Outcast has stopped recording as a collective. Um, but yeah, man, Big Boy, Antoine Patton Senior, aka Daddy Fat Sax, aka yeah. Lucius Left Foot. Um, yeah, I got him coming in at tied with Fonte from Little Brother at number three. All right, we're on to number two. Well, uh, well, my number two is uh, Fonte. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, Well, you know, just to add on what you were saying about Fonte, I was just sitting up here like, uh, I was like, oh, God, okay. I mean, I feel like he is one of the top MCs out there, period. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he just, like you said, he crushes crushes just about everything. Even his playful shit, the song he did with Lil B, Thank You, Bass God. Yes, I love that joint. some old little playful shit. He gave you some bars. He's like a gay lion, roar. I mean, little <laughs> stuff like. And, and then, and then, like, uh, you know, it's, the, the Gangsta Grills album they had. One of my favorite. Like, man, they can't let a song. Man, I love that song, man. Like, that's just one of my songs that just get me through it. And then, like you said, he gives you regular man rap. Something you can. Everybody got a job they fucking hate. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like little stuff. You talking about the ball and chain? Like oh yeah, uh, cheating on your girl. You know, little, just just like hold the, just a thought process. Like man, come on, man. So and it's a shame that you know rappers like Kanye and Drake say oh uh, uh, I, I I I put my style like after Fonte, but you won't put them on the song. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, come on, man. What you scared? Because he gonna eat you alive? I mean, because you put him on the track. Like, I'm sorry, Pharaoh Munch, but yeah, Fonte got you. You know, <laughs> sorry. Like, it's a song called Leg. It's by Legacy. It's called like TKO. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, man. Like Fonte crushed that one. Like, yep. I mean, it was Sean Price on that one. I was just like, man. Like, this just man. So yeah. Fonte is my number two Southern rapper, man. You know, not and it's not because I know him either. Not because <laughs> yeah, you do has know. nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> has nothing to do with him uh, borrowing my roots uh, CD and never giving it back. You know, it has nothing to do with that. Hey Fonte, if you listening, get this man back his roots CD. Which, I know which, he, which CD was it? Was it? The, it, it was, was the, the Do You Want More. It was Do You oh, Want More. Come on, Tay. 
Hey, <laughs> come on, say. Flip me for it. You know what I'm saying? Because I know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, I agree, man. It, it, it's he doesn't he don't waste no time. I mean, like like you said, he's he's a thinker, and even now what he's doing is it's grown man rap. Yeah. You know, it's it's grown. It's very relatable. It's very um, easy on the ears, and it's something that you want to keep going back to because you, it's something you're going to catch. And like you said, the, the whole little brother discography, at least for me, um, I go back to it, man. And when I listen to it, it's it doesn't matter if you listen to something from the listening or something from Get Back. You know, Fonte always delivers, always delivers. Um, so yeah, so you got him at number two. Um, yeah. My number two, a fellow ATLian, Andre uh, 3000. Whoa, whoa, Andre 3000. Hold on, hold on. Ooh, 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 go ahead. Andre 3000 comes in at number two for me. Mm. Um, that's probably gonna shock a lot of people. It shocked me, man. <laughs> uh, Andre 3000, man, I think. This dude, he is ahead of his time. Like, when you listen to him rap, it's an experience. Like, you, he literally will have you hanging on to every single word that he's about to say. And I think what he does is, is that he takes his rhyming so seriously that he doesn't want he knows what he knows who his competition is and his competition is himself and he's always trying to do better um but it goes without saying man andre 3000 is going to be number one on a lot of people's southern rap list uh he's gonna be you know some people have even given him the title as you know the greatest of all time i, I wouldn't go that far but man i love dre man it, it it's there's not a time that I've heard him rap and I was like, man, Dre's losing it. Like, and I think there's a there's a connection between me and Dre because, you know, I've grown up with his music and we're about the same age. I might be a little bit older, but um, not by much. And, you know, I just, a lot of the stuff that he rapped about, particularly early, was stuff that we were going through and stuff that we saw. And, you know, it was pivotal because, uh, a lot of what he represented was what we had not had in hip hop before, as far as being a young black man from the South, speaking your mind, speaking it intelligently, but also on an intellectual level, but also with some dope ass lyricism. And he just, he did it for us. And, you know, in a lot of ways he helped put the South on the map. And so when people say, when people talk about that moment, when he said the South got something to say, you know, he was speaking from his personal experience that, you know, I'm here. Like, you you guys, we just won this award and you're booing me just because I ain't from New York. Just because you think I, I'm from the South and I talk funny. And that was, you know, that was always a knock, you know, people from New York in hip hop early. They ain't look at, they they looked at Southern acts as, you know, like like they were a joke. But... They were speaking another language. I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> right, right. Like, what? They're either talking too fast or they're talking too slow. One of the two. And um, but yeah, man, Andre three thousand, man, I, I got him at number two. I honestly, I could go, I could do a whole podcast on Andre three thousand, just himself alone. But um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's my number two, man. That is my number two. 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised. I'm just wondering who your number one's gonna be. That's what that threw me off. Like I was just like, wow, now, because I'm thinking like, who's gonna be his number one then? Like, wow, okay. All right. So, huh? so you you gave your number two, right? Yeah, I gave my number okay, two. So now we're on to number one. Who is your number one favorite MC from the South? All right, man. My favorite MC, my number one favorite MC is Outkast. And, and I I could not I like Outkast together. Okay. I don't like them when they're separated. Uh, it's like I really don't I'm I'm not listening for any uh you know, I, I just think they were the perfect group. It was just like, you know, I think what on some songs, it was just like what one didn't cover, the other did. And it was just like they were perfect. And you know what I'm saying? So that to me, Outkast like made perfect music and I couldn't split them up and say Andre better than Big Boy. I couldn't say Big Boy better than Andre. It's just that when they're together, they're my favorite Southern rapper. You know what I'm saying? Outkast. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just nothing. It was just they were perfect to me. So I'm going to say my favorite, my number one is Outkast. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. I ain't mad. I was um, so happy when you said you had a tie. I said, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Exactly, exactly. That, yeah, I had to, because I, I I started to put them together, but I was like, nah, because if I'm doing it based on lyricism, I think, you know, I could separate the two and then go from there. And then, I, like I said, I, I had Big Boy and, and Fonte tied at three. And, um, and like I said, Andre at two. Uh, my number one, Brad Jordan from Houston, Texas, a.k.a. Scarface. Mm. Scarface mm. is my favorite Southern rapper. Um, Man, this dude is unreal on the microphone. Uh, and I went... I could make a case for going back and forth between he and Andre 3000, but the one thing that Scarface has that Andre 3000 does not have is a solo album. Solo, exactly. He doesn't have a solo album. So, you know, for all the people who always say, oh man, Andre, Andre 3000, he's, you know, he's the greatest of all time, da 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 da. He doesn't have a solo album. Nope. So, you know, and the Love Below speaker box don't count. <laughs> That was his 808s and heartbreak. <laughs> I mean, it was a great album, but I mean, it was packaged as one. So, um, but yeah, man, Scarface, I think the first time I heard him, man, he he, he just literally blew me away. Um, I want to say probably the first time I heard him was on um, Can't Be Stopped, I think. Either Can't Be Stopped or Gripping on Another Level. Uh, one of those albums. It might have even been a mixtape. I, I can't even remember. It's been that long, but it was like 87, 88, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, blew my mind, man. I mean, his 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 ability to tell stories and paint a picture were really, really uh, important to me because Scarface came through in an era where you know, it wasn't about necessarily how you looked or how, whatever you did or whatever you said you were wearing or whatever like that. Like you, you had to be able to tell a story. And yep. so when you go to not only his rhymes with uh, Ghetto Boys, but even on his solo joints like The Diary, uh, The Fix, um, you know, those albums really, really tell. He, he's at his his best when he's telling stories and he's painting a picture, even if it's you know, about drugs or about, you know, being caught up in the game or, you know, about him and his woman, whatever the case may be. Um, 
and he is one of the few MCs who have mastered um, the art of using your vocal tone. Like if you listen to a song like um, I Never Seen a Man Cry Till I Seen a Man Die. I'm not going to spit the lyrics, but you know, just being able to go up and down his, his vocal tone. We had never heard anything like that in hip hop before. And um, yeah, man, Scarface slightly gets the edge over my, as far as my favorites. Now, if I'm going to put on an outcast album, of course I'm listening to outcast, but, um, but if, if you just give me bar for bar, album for album single for single line for line who i want to listen to my favorite uh it's got to be scarface man scarface gets gets the slight edge over andre 3000 so did i surprise you with that one not really i I, I said hold on i said 12 cal you know he's the purest (laughs) he's going with face uncle face i said that's because i started thinking i was like oh okay but be uh yeah it's gonna be face i i thought it was gonna be pimp c or um on scarface that's what i really thought it was gonna be yeah no pimp c pimp c probably is i probably could put pimp in the top 15 but um yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, Uncle Face, yeah, he, he's he's definitely right there, at number one, man. It, it's that dude, man. Is he's he's out of this world, man. He is really really out of this world. Um, he in my top ten. He in my top ten. Oh no doubt, no doubt. And I think like for me, even if I switch it over to, uh, if I had to rank like all time lyricists, Scarface is in my top ten. Um, and I think he's in. He probably should be in most people's top ten, but I think depending on how old you are, when you caught up with Scarface, you know you may or may not have him in there. But I mean, he's he's one, he's one of the best lyricists ever to pick up a microphone. I don't I don't think that that's up now. Where you put him on the list is could be debated, but um, but yeah, he he's definitely uh, my favorite uh, to listen to, man, from the south, and um, and he came through in a time where again, well, it really wasn't cool to be from the south. So I think that was very important as well. Um, so I tell you what, we said we we're going to talk about the albums. Let's take a quick commercial break. And on the other side, me and King Germ are going to break it down. We're going to give you our five favorite Southern hip hop albums of all time. So sit tight. We'll be back in just a second. Is that iced tea? Nope. It's lemonade. Is that iced tea? Lemonade. I see. It's with these people, man. Lemonade. Read the sign. Lemonade. Read it. Okay. Delicious. Iced tea at a lemonade stand? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much money Marin saved by switching to Geico. It's lemonade, man. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We are back. Once again, it's your boy, 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle Podcast. And I got King Germ in the building, and we are talking about the best of the South, our favorites of the South. You heard before the break, we talked, we gave you our favorite five Southern rappers of all time. And as I mentioned before the break, me and King Germ are going to give you our favorite five Southern hip hop albums of all time. Now, I, I, I kind of knew that we'd have one or two um, similarities <laughs> with the MCs. Um, 
this one right here, mm. I'm not so sure how this is going to go. Yeah, we probably might have one or two. Right, maybe. right, right. Maybe, maybe. Because, yeah. I mean, for all I know, he might say, uh, you know, eight ball MJG. I don't know. Coming out hard. Um, <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, Germ, give me your number five favorite Southern hip hop album. All right, man. Uh, at one point in my life, I was a No Limit Soldier. <laughs> I I almost got a No Limit Soldier tattoo on my arm, the tank, and No Limit Soldier. I I, I mean, I was like, I was maybe one debate. I was just like, man, I was in there in the tattoo parlor, and I was like, man, I'm getting No Limit Soldiers. And then I thought about it, like, you might be like 40 years old one day, and you still have No Limit Soldier tattooed on your arm, so you might not want to do that. So I decided against it. But needless to say, my number five album is True to the Game by TRU. That is probably my favorite No Limit album because it's a double disc and it mm-hmm. has so many bangers on it. I'm talking uh, No Limit Soldier. Then, you know, it got uh, the fucking Swamp Nigga, uh, 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 True to the Game. Um, I mean, it's got so many to see murder song. It, it got so many hits on it. I mean, just bangers that I still listen to to this day. I mean, that's the only No Limit album I can still listen to, you know, because once you grow out of No Limit music, you can't just be sitting there getting rowdy, rowdy, bowdy, bowdy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just don't, it don't, it don't, you know, it hit a little different when you old, as they say. My number five is True to the Game by TRU. You know what I'm saying? Man, you know what's interesting? I never was, like, I I had a very good appreciation for uh p and the whole no limit crew as far as what they were doing and mm-hmm. i mean hell they was putting out albums every damn week every two weeks every two weeks man <laughs> like, like dropping like hey we, hey a soldier was in the store buying this shit up boy i'm talking <laughs> man i mean and, and uh, p was just ahead of his time man because i think if, if p was in this market today he would have that run would have been even more incredible um but I, I wasn't I wasn't into the I wasn't, you know, buying their music, or whatever like that. But a lot of the stuff that got played on the radio, a lot of stuff that got played in the clubs, mixtapes and stuff like that. I was on to. So um, that TRU album was tight. <laughs> it was tight. If yeah. you were in a club in Atlanta back in the day and No Limit Soldiers came on, man. <laughs> You're that boy. You know what's about to be. Let me tell you something. I almost got run over by some women on the dance floor because they was trying to get to the dance floor. I don't know what they. It was just like everybody was lining up. Like it was that was like the soldier call. Man, it was crazy. Yep, the first line, bitch, get your mind right. Get your mind right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, no limit, soldier. Yeah, that Tru album was was pretty tight. I I do. I never bought it. I heard it plenty of times because one of my boys had it, and he would always be playing it in his truck. Um, yeah, so I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Um, my number five, right here in Atlanta, 1995, Soul Food by Goody Mob. Mm. Man, listen. I played the hell out of this album, and I still play it to this day. What? Yeah, man. This from the beginning to the end. Um, hey, look, that that was right on the outside. Like that, I, I had I, that was on my cut list. Like, I was just like, man. Like I was just like, this is tough. Like I was like, man. let me say something. It barely made the cut at five, but it is. It, but it, 
It's here. Um, Goody Mob, man, with some dudes, man, that just, they, they were really the epitome of that particular movement for hip hop in Atlanta. And um, really being here and seeing them grow and seeing the city grow and seeing hip hop grow in this city was a beautiful thing, at least for me to see as a fan, not just a, not just as a fan of them, but as a fan of hip hop. And, um, and that album was uh, a staple, man. It was just, it was, it was something that even now is still very easy to listen to, very relatable, very, um, like they, I remember Goody Mob branding themselves as like a poor man's public enemy. And that's really what they were. And they were militant, but they, they also had some hard ass and they had stuff that they, they say, they said things that make you think like when you started thinking about, you know, drugs in the community and, and why, why things are the way they are. And, and, you know, they also talked about, you know, us being separate as black people. Um, and then also having pride in being black. Uh, yes. They gave you a lot of that stuff. Like I said, public enemy just uh, uh, to a lesser degree. But um, yeah, man, I love this album. Still play it to this day. Still play it a lot. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm going to run it at least once or twice a month, man. Um, Soul Food from Goody Mob. Thought process, man. Yes. They get my yes. mind clear. They just <laughs> get my mind yes. clear. Yes. I mean, that's when CeeLo was a cold motherfucker. Yes. CeeLo, like, like, see, if, that's why if you would tell me to mess up, you know, I, that was going to mess up the flow, I had CeeLo at my number three. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because, and like, CeeLo had that, that rhyme pattern where everything rhymed. You know what I'm saying? Like, every line rhymed. Like, man, I ain't po. Now, what you think I'm rap for? You know what I'm saying? Some, some, some broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, mm-hmm. and CeeLo was a cold motherfucker, man. Yeah. He was cold, yeah. bro. So, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. CeeLo's my guy. Yeah, and then, now he he was one. I'll be honest. When I'm listening to Goody Mob, I'm waiting to hear his verse. Not and it's not. It's no knock on anybody else in Goody Mob, but he's my favorite in Goody Mob. Yeah, so I was exactly. always checking for his verse. And and I think it's not by accident. On most of the songs on the album, CeeLo is either going last or close to last. So, um, but yeah, it, it's it's a dope ass album. And for those of you listening, if we mentioned some albums that you're not familiar with. Go listen to them. Go listen. <laughs> trust me, us talking about it is one thing, but you actually listening, you, you, you'll definitely get a better appreciation for it. Um, so who, who you got at number four? Well, my number four album is going to be Riding Dirty by UGK. Okay. Um, yes. That album right there. I, that, that like I, I remember hearing UGK like on, um, what was that song? Pocket full of stones, you know. Listen, yeah, you know, listen to that. But, but I really, really like that album. Made me really like UGK. That made me go listen to all the older stuff and appreciate them more. And so, uh, just the No Joe little things on there, the diamonds in the wood, mm. the murder, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, what else they had on there? Riding dirty. Um, I mean, it, it just like just the smooth, the samples like that really made me appreciate Pimp you know C. What my joint was on that. Which one? Pinky Ryan. Oh, oh. <laughs> man, come on, man. So like, like That's I said, my joy. that right, man, that album right there, that was just like, I was just like, okay, you know what I'm saying? UGK, like that, that, that introduced me to them. Like I really appreciated them more 
And that's when I started really messing with them hard off that album right there. So Riding Dirty, man. My boy Van put me on this shit. He was like, you don't like UGK? I was like, oh, man, I mean, they all right. You know what I'm <laughs> I just remember that little song, uh, uh, Tell Me Something mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. That, that was when you know, I used to play that on the radio, man. So that's why I knew that song, you know what I'm saying? But it didn't make me want to go listen to them yet. But when Van put me on that one right there, I was just like, okay, all right, they got something. They got something. I like this. You know, so yeah, riding dirty, my number four. Yeah, man, riding dirty. Like I mentioned earlier, the 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 verse Bun B had on murder, riding dirty. I mean, like I had riding dirty at like six. Like it, it's like it's right there. Yeah, it didn't make the cut for me, man. But that's that album is incredible. One of the best albums to come out in nineteen ninety six. Um, and I realized, it, and it wasn't until the other day, like I realized, like. I was going through some of the old podcasts that I'd done. I realized, like, damn, I didn't do a, 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 a album review in '96 or for for that particular album when I did the '96 albums. Uh, so it's something I'll, I'll probably go back and do um, coming up, man. Just just doing an album review, talking about uh, Riding Dirty Man, because that that album was not only was it uh, impactful, but it was influential and it, it opened the doors a lot for Southern Southern MCs. So um, I, I definitely feel you on that. Um, my number four, North Carolina's own little brother, The okay. Minstrel Show. <sighs> Man, The Minstrel Show for me, and I love the listening. The Minstrel Show was, that was like the quintessential album. Like it had to, that it, it gave you a little bit of everything. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't commercial, but it wasn't too street. It wasn't, you know, over the top as far as hitting you with, uh, you know, being preachy or anything like that, but it was so relatable. And I don't know what I was, <laughs> what I was going through in my, t- in my life at that particular time when the album came out, man. But I just, I gravitated toward that album, man. And that, that is an album that I still play, man. I still play the menstrual show at least a couple of times a month. Um, and it's good riding music, man. It's you get in. There's no for me. There's no skippable tracks. I'm listening to it all the way through with the skits and everything. And then to even fast forward to Little Brother's most recent album, May the Lord Watch. I think May the Lord Watch is where picks up where where uh, the Minstrel Show left off. Um, mm. But I that's an incredible album. I mean, the rapper Big Pooh, Fonte, their rhymes are perfect. Ninth Wonder on the beats, crazy, uh, and you know, and, and they didn't get a lot of this album didn't get a particular lot, a lot of uh, airplay, but it didn't need to. And um, at, to this day, man, one of my favorite albums. I got that coming in at number four. Can can I say something real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, as far as about you talking about skits on the Little Brother album, like Tay used to do that shit for real. Like he he had like a whole. He, they called the Fu-Tang Clan, so there was like a parody of the Wu, and they made like a mixtape, and that shit was kind of live. Like, that shit used to jam. Like, I wish I could find somebody that... I'm going to go on Facebook and ask somebody, anybody still got a copy of that shit? Like, Man, if you find it, to, let me know. Yeah, because that shit was nice, because it was like, instead of the Raekwon the Chef, it was like Jaquan the Janitor. Um, <laughs> The Rizza, I think it was like the Fizza. Cafonte was the Rizza, so he called himself the Fizza. And then, you know what I'm saying? Oh. It was like, um, 
the method. It, it like you know the old dirty bastard was. It was like the clean something. It was something like. But yeah, they they the shit was pretty nice, man. Then we had like a special Ed ass nigga. His name was Special Ted, and you know what I'm saying they was all in there rapping. That shit was pretty live though. So you know, but yeah, that skit shit. He used to do that shit on the school bus, and I mean every morning he used to be freestyling on the bus, and I was just like, yo, this dude nice. Like I used to be like, man, he was the coolest nerd in school. He was the coolest nerd. He made straight A's, played football, was a class president. And he was sitting there in the ciphers at lunchtime. Like, you was like, damn, this dude do everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> man, yeah, if you find that, man, definitely send it to me. I, I'm Let trying me to. Know. I'm going on Facebook. I'm going to ask. I'm like, yo, I know somebody still got it. Like, y'all need to get that from wherever you need to get it on digital and, you know, put that out, man. Because, man, please. So, you know, just to see, like, hear some young shit. <laughs> man, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely let me know. All um, right. Who you got at uh, number three? Well, man, you tip you tip my hand a little earlier, man. You know what I'm saying? My number three album, straight out of Orange Mound, Tennessee. Yes. I got them boys, Primrose and MJG, a.k.a. 8-Ball and MJG coming out hard. Woo! Man. Listen, nine songs of fucking heat. Like, you can't skip one song on that. Nope. It's only like 39 It's shorter than Illmatic. You know what I'm saying? And and every song goes. Like, they, they got, one of them got their own song. You know, Mr. Big, 8-Ball song, dope. Uh, MJG got the last song. I can't think of the name of it, but that shit's so hard. When he had three, two, no, one, two, three points. I got to get across one, don't, two, make me three, go off. Oh, my God. <laughs> coming out hard, that song. Oh, my So, listen, coming out hard, man, that album is... Like that, it just it's like that gritty southern shit. Like that's like a classic. I mean, it just I don't know in the way they just describe Tennessee. I ain't never been to Tennessee at that time in my life, so I was just like, man, like you know, I really like Eight Ball. I, I used to think Eight Ball was the toughest guy in the world <laughs> until I met him, and I was like, Eight Ball is a short fat dude. And I was just like, what? <laughs> he looked just like an Eight Ball. Nope. Built it's, just like one. Yes, yeah, so I used to come Mr. Big. I used to man, eight ball the toughest guy in the world. Like it was two rappers I used to think was tough. Fucking Prodigy and Eight Ball. You said help me. I, I used to think Prodigy was just like, yo, man, Prodigy. Yeah, man. And then I seen Prodigy. I was like, this little dude. Yeah, little dude, man. man. Rest in peace, Prodigy, man. But yeah, man. But my number three is coming out hard, eight ball MJG, man. It came out like what, ninety, what, what the ninety three? That was yeah, I think so. Um yeah, yeah that that album it didn't make my five, but um, man, that album. You know how like when people say, "Well, albums that kind of that you remember from college and stuff like that." Like I remember that album from college because, if for no other reason, everybody had it. Like you couldn't go anywhere in the dorm. You, if you were walking to class on the campus of South Carolina State University. You hear it in cars. We be, you know, in the locker room going to get ready for practice. Somebody playing it on the boom box. Like it was just you. Yeah. So even if you even if you didn't like MJG and eight ball, you had you heard that album because it was just it literally was everywhere. That album and the chronic. I just remember those two distinct albums being literally everywhere where you couldn't avoid it, even if you wanted to. Um yeah, man, that that album was out of this world, man. And what what I loved about that album was, like you said, 
I'd never been to Tennessee before, so it gave me a peek into what life was like in Memphis, Tennessee. And, um, you know, those dudes were dope, man. I got a chance to, um, this past summer, uh, at the Freaknik concert that they had here in Atlanta, um, A-Ball MJG performed. And, man, he came out to Mr. Big, man. And when I tell you everybody was jamming, knew every word, I mean, they A-Ball and MJG put on a good show. That was my yeah. first time seeing them live, perform live. And um, they did the thing, man. They definitely did that thing. Um, so I ain't mad. I'm, I'm not mad at that major list, man. They that album was pff, that album was cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. My number three. I got to bring it back to the A, man. Um, 1994, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music, Outcast. Uh, this album I think opened the door for everybody like the ghetto boy let me let me back up Luke cracked the door you know UGK pushed it open a little bit but I think Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music kicked the door down for everybody else to come through and I think if this album doesn't come out and be as a, as a commercial success that it was and not that they set out for it to be a commercial success but given the fact that it was you know it sold more records than you know uh than ugk's album and it's not i mean those, those are two different albums and but it, it opened the door even though ugk had already been out prior to outcast coming out um you know riding dirty was i think commercially their biggest album but um and that was 96 uh for ugk but yeah, man. Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music introduced us to uh, Dre and Big Boy. And um, what can I say, man? This is this is like uh, this is it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, this <laughs> this album came out. I want to say it was the week before I came to Freaknik and Freaknik in '94, and that was the year that I came to Freaknik and lost my damn mind. <laughs> and fell in love with Atlanta, and I. That was the classic. That was the epic Freaknik. Yeah, man. That was the man. I I was too young to go in '94, but mm-hmm. the people that went, like the 12th graders, and came back with stories and video footage. Man, I mean, I heard stories about '94 Freaknik. Man, here's Cal- the best thing I could, and I saw this on a meme, and this is the best thing I could say about the '90s. It said the '90s, great memories. Uh great experiences no footage <laughs> no footage no evidence and that's what it was you know like because there's nothing that we don't have anything to document it you know yeah. and and thankfully with all the stuff that we saw at Freaknik I'm glad it is, is, wasn't much to document because there was a lot of shit going on at Freaknik but um but yeah this album came out man it came out right before Freaknik and we just it it, it took over, man. It, it was something that, even to this day, another album that I play constantly. Like, Outkast is, is one of the best groups in hip-hop history. That I, I don't think that goes without saying. But, um, you know, this introduced Dre and Big Boy. It introduced Atlanta. It introduced, you know, Southern MCs who were just really, really spitting. And you couldn't deny them. I mean, like, this was the album that came out where Cats Up North and Cats Out West were like, Oh, these dudes can rhyme. Like, there's no doubt about it. It wasn't a novelty act. It wasn't, you know, something that, you know, we could be ashamed of. It was young, 
rappers who could actually spit and and you couldn't touch them. So yeah, that that's my that's my number three Southern playlist of Cadillac music. Uh, what you got at number two? All right, my number two. Uh, I got I declare war. We ready, Pastor Troy? And um, <laughs> and let me tell you, this album here. I I went on a trip to Atlanta, and this dude was like, uh, we was at like we was at like I think was at uh, Greenbrier somewhere yeah, like that. Greenbrier Mall. And the dude was like, "Hey man, I got that." He said Pastor Troy, but I thought he said Caster Troy, and I was like, Caster Troy, I'm not listening to no rapper like that. And then, you know what I'm saying? So I, I ain't pay him no mind. So then we went to another little mall. Dude was like, yo, got that Pastor Troy. I was like, dang, two people that said something. I said, man, you know, let me hear what it sound like. So he, he played on his little CD, and the first song he played was, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, No More Playing GA. I heard that song. I was just like, all right, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, how much the CD? He, he told me $5. So I gave him 5 for it. So we went to the strip club later that night. Mm. Girl came out dancing and no, no more playing GA and them gunshots and they everything. Love went out. I love it. And I was just like, okay, now, now that's on hard. And so on the way back to North Carolina, I was listening to this album and I was just like, man, this album is so tight. And you know what I'm saying? It was just, I just love that album. And then just the story behind it, he said he made that whole album in 12 hours. He said the first song he ever made was No More Playing GA. And, you know, he really said that. So he's I bought this beat machine about big as a calculator. <laughs> who, who, who ever dream? We hit the studio later. He's like, you know, it's just like he's telling you in this song. And just that album, it was just so it was just so raw. And, you know, it kind of gave you that new Atlanta sound where it was kind of making the change from, you know, the outcasts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what was the Tennessee people and all that stuff? You know, it was just it was just like showing you the different side of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was just so gritty. And I, oh, I love that album. And I still listen to that album to this day. You know, I got to listen. That's part of my pregame ritual. I got to listen to I mean, I, I, I'm ashamed to say this. I listen to Eminem, Lose Yourself. And- <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Every game. I have to. I have to. And it's just- <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. Lose yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. But yes, I do. Wow. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was coaching uh, my son Cameron's uh, football team, uh, when he was 10, the, the team was a 10 and under team, I would listen to no more playing GA before every game. Yeah. Every game. That gets you so hyped. It's just something about that song, man. Yeah, man. man said he yeah. a pinch a nick up out your dub. Like what? Like, you gonna you gonna pimp me like that? You gonna pinch a nick about my dub? Yeah, like, man. And, and Pastor Troy, man, he's one of those dudes, man. He he just he he loves the city, and the city loves Pastor Troy. Pastor and I remember, Troy. um, I'll never forget it, man. I was at birthday bash. It was for the radio station, uh, Hot ninety seven, uh, and um, it was here, and it was at Lakewood. Lakewood Amphitheater and they were uh, and this is when the beef between Pastor Troy and Master P were going on and um, P was supposed to go P, P came on but Pastor Troy was supposed to be coming on like either last or next I think Pastor Troy was coming on last right so P comes on and P's doing his set you know he got the No Limit Soldiers he got the, you know everybody's you know on stage and stuff and then P stops music, whatever. He's talking to people or whatever like that. And in the back of the crowd, all you hear is, we ready, 
we ready? And I was like, and so P starts getting upset. So he's like, you know, he's like, man, y'all, y'all don't like Master P in Atlanta. Atlanta got no love for Master P. We was like, was like, uh, I mean, but we didn't have anything to do with it. But if people were, those were Pastor Troy's people, like just yelling at, it, and then it got louder and louder and louder. So, you know, P got, I mean, he was visibly pissed because here it is. This dude from Atlanta is beefing with him, and Pastor Troy just has one song. Master P at this point was, he was large. Like, he had the empire. (laughs) And so he he finishes the set or whatever. Like, a couple more acts come on. So Pastor Troy comes on last, and Pastor Troy comes out there with the belt. People are going crazy, everything. Man, they dropped the beat for No More Play in GA. And no more playing GA played about 20 seconds and then they cut the music off. Mm. And it was like, oh. And so people were saying now it was conflicting rumors. Some people said because the where the amphitheater is, there's a noise ordinance. So if you have a concert, you have to cut the con- the concert has to end at eleven o'clock. Mm. So eleven oh one, the music cut it doesn't matter if you on your third song or your 15th song the music has to cut off but from what I could remember Pastor Troy had at least about five minutes before it was 11 o'clock and they Mm. cut his music off and I think I think and it could just be me being messy I think P had something to do with it (laughs) and you are 100% correct because didn't P buy the because uh, remember Pastor Troy had to pull his first album that uh they had to pull that off the cup. They said P bought the he got with the, the his record company and bought the masters or something to it and he took it off the shelves. Wow. And that's why Pastor Troy they call face off his first album, which is not his first album because everybody knows, you know what I'm saying, you know, I declare war is my first album, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. that's why some of the same songs are on his first album, mm-hmm. the run the song, uh running and all that stuff is on that, you know, because that's that P bought the love, whatever the rights to the album and you know, so you were correct. Yes. That that is what drove P to do that. That incident. My buddy told me that. I thought he was capping, Mm-mm. but Saying that, look, you said the story word for word like my buddy told me. And that's why I was like, dang, he yeah. wasn't lying. Yeah, no, that's, that's, no. I remember that's how it happened. And I remember looking at my watch. I was like, well, wait a minute. It's, cause they, and they let us know. They're like, look, okay, if the concert's at Lakewood, it's got to end at 11. So, and I was just even watching like, okay, as these other acts were coming through. And I knew pe- I knew uh, Pastor Troy was coming. And Pastor Troy, hit the when he hit the stage, it was probably like 10.55. So, he had time to do his so- show. And man, he he did no more playing GA for about thirty seconds, and they cut that thing off. And it was just like he was looking around, like, "Why y'all cut my music off?" And um, yeah, I'll never forget that, man. Never forget that. Um, so I'm not surprised you had it, there, man. That, that's that album doesn't make my list, but it is that song. Like I said, is a song that I listened to when I was coaching every single game. Mm-hmm. Got to. <sighs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, so I got your number two. My number two. Um, got to take it back to H Town, Scarface, The Fix. Ooh, this album for me, man, I love this album. This album, I remember this album got five mics in the source. Boo, and not <laughs> it got five mics in the source. And people were calling the source threatening to blow up the building because they didn't think that this was a five. And this was before the album even came out. 
this is so they didn't know but like that was a frequent occurrence whenever an album was even rumored to get a five mic rating but um this album is flawless man i i listen to it all the time from front to back um some people like the diary better as far as scarface's discography the diary is a dope ass album and i think it's 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 slightly behind the fix but um yeah man i i the fix scarface love it love it top mm-hmm. and bottom still bang it to this day mm, interesting <laughs> that's all you gonna say is interesting <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm surprised you got the fix that high i mean yeah I, man yeah man i just love you know it. me personally i don't i feel like that's when def jam was using scarface and they paired him with all these artists that he normally wouldn't work with and so, I just, so you don't think scarface would have worked with jay Oh, no, 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 no. Now, listen, hold on. Guess who's back? Like, whenever him and Jay-Z come okay, together, then. all the songs, all the Scarface Jay-Z songs are dope. I can't, I, I can't, you're not going to get me to say bad nothing, but I guess who's, that would, if that would be on my top, that's in my top 10 songs all time, top 10, 15, 20, however, you know, but it's going to be in my top songs, so yeah, no, I can't say nothing bad about that one. But it's just, you know, I... The fix, I might have to go back and give it another shot. I'm, I ain't going to say that. I'm give, gonna it go, give, give it a run. Give it a run. It's a dope-ass album. It's a yeah. dope-ass album. All right, so here we go. We're at number one. What do you have for your number one <clears throat> favorite <throat> Southern hip-hop album of all time? Okay, so I am a conflicted person when it comes to this album, this this number one spot. And, and it's because that I got... I couldn't make a decision between... Southern Playlistic, um, ATL is or Equimini. I couldn't make it. I, I, I was just like, I could not. So like, you, got a, you got a three-way tie for number one? A three-way tie for number one because <laughs> it's like my favorite album is Southern Playlistic. The hardest outcast album is ATL is, but their best album is, from top to bottom is um, Equimini. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm... I, I couldn't make I was just like man because I could make a case for each each one of them being number one but I didn't want to put three outcast albums because them like three of my favorite albums of all time I didn't want to put three outcast albums in my top five so it was just like you know I, I'm you know and so I couldn't get a choice between which one was number one so I'd say hey all three of them my number one album man you know what you get no argument from me because I actually have a Quirminite number one for for me yeah. Um, and it's like you said, it's it's their best album. Yeah, uh, top to bottom is their best. Top to bottom is their best. But ATL is the hardest. Like you sitting there listening to ATL, you like, whoa. You know what, what I mean? I I got to, and I mentioned this before on another podcast. Like, I can't listen to ATLians without listening to Equimini. <laughs> so I got to listen to them like back to back. If I listen to Equimini, I'm listening to ATLians. I listen to ATLians, I'm listening to Equimini. Um, and we did the. Uh, who was it? It was me and Matt. Me and Matt did the uh, ATLNs versus Equimini uh, podcast, and um, and that was fun. That was dope. And uh, he and I go back and forth about you know which album was better. But no, you you get no argument from me because if you make the case that Outcast is the best act to come from the South, um, then naturally their albums are going to be in probably in in your top five, at least one or two. Um, I had two, and like I said, I was able to, to differentiate between Southern Playlistic, but I mean, I could make a case, like you said, I could make a case to put ATLNs in my top five. I just didn't, but um, but yeah, man, it, it's Equimini, man. That's that's my shit. That that album is 
I could do without Mama Sita, but other well, okay, than that, okay, oh, okay. What do y'all have against that song, man? The hook is awful. Mama Sita, Papa Dana. The hook is awful. <laughs> um, you know, other than the hook, I mean, I could the the verses are cool, but just the whole concept of it, like, yeah, the hook that hook just kills me. If I'm in a good mood, I'll listen to it. If I'm not in a good mood, I'll skip it. But that's the only skip. Mm. So, that's one of like mm-mm. Andre Hardest verses. Yeah, his, his verse is dope. Yeah. Yeah, but the hook is terrible. <laughs> the hook is terrible. Everybody like I, I like I really like I did not know that they, they hate Mama Sita. I'll be like, what? No, no, man, no. <laughs> Hell no. I mean it's just and and that's and and that's just me being picky to be honest because it's there's really not m- many bad things that you could say about that album. That album is it's a flawless ass album. So it's it's not. It's, but yeah, Mama Sita, no. I and you know if, well, you know it's funny, John. You'd be hard pressed to find somebody that'd be like, oh, that's the shit. <laughs> Nobody says that. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's like I really like. I was just like, I didn't know everybody hated this mm. song. I was like, I like it. Mm. Like, just you, you might like it, but you don't love it. I just don't. Okay, I take it back. I don't like that. Whoever that first person rapping, like who? I was like, who is this person? Like, who? Where did y'all find it? Like, why? We never heard a second a verse from her ever. And there was no need to. <laughs> <laughs> there was no need to because she wasn't that good. But um, but yeah, man, it, it was uh, that that's my joint. That's my joint. So Equimini comes in at number one for me. You got the trilogy, which, I mean, you put those three albums, you put those three albums from Outkast, their first three albums. And, and I think, I don't know if we did a podcast. We didn't do a podcast. I think we probably talked off air about it. Uh, but like those three and then like Tribe's first three. Whoo. That's a battle. That's first a battle. First CD I bought was Midnight Marauders. And I remember that day because I think uh, then Midnight Marauders and Wu Tang come yeah, out right same time. Chambers, same day. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I remember like the dude, like me and my buddy went to the store, and I was just like, uh, I was like, I'm getting Midnight. He's like, I'm getting Midnight Marauders. No, he was getting Wu Tang, and I got Midnight Marauders. No, no, I take that back. We both got Midnight Marauders. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, no, you get the Wu Tang. He was like, nah, man, I want Midnight Marauders. And I was like, man, we, I said, bro, we could just get both of them. You know, you get the other one. Right. Like, no, nah, I won't. I was like, man, God, dog. Like, <laughs> that's how it was, man. You had to, you had to cop the albums and then try to negotiate to figure out who was gonna dub what. And like, <laughs> one of my boys, my boy Jay Fresh, he would buy albums and he'd be like, nah, man, you you cheating from the artist, man. You should buy it yourself. Like, man, we ain't got no damn money. What do you mean? I need to buy myself. You better give me a dub. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to give up the dub. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I'm not because I mean, like, we we couldn't afford it. So, and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like the albums were that expensive. But I mean, ten ten dollars adds up. So, yeah. you know, if your favorite album, if two of your favorite albums coming out on the same day, I mean, like, it's and you got ten dollars, you got to make a choice. You know, mm-hmm. so it is that's how it was. And it's not like, you know, you could have everything at the push of a button, uh, you know, into your phone or into your computer, whatever the case may be in your streaming service. Um, that would have made it easier for us. But, you know, but yeah, I, I but I feel you. I totally feel you, man. I, I ain't even going to be mad at that. That's 
those three albums, man, are, are, are crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Any any albums that you can think of, like maybe that may have been outside of your top, maybe like honorable mention. Oh man, I had like you said, uh, you had Soul Food on there. Um, uh, Ice Cream Man, Master P. Uh, I don't think I've ever, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever heard the album. But I mean, now you can't go back and listen to it now. No, because, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you'll be sitting, you'll be sitting there looking like he said, "What pop popcorn and chicken, nigga?" Trying to get a rabbit. What is he talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete won't be confused with uh, Rock Him when it comes to lyricism. Oh no, 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 no. But I mean, you know, I saw a video of him and them doing a show in St. Louis, and he was just up there talking and like, "What? We we ain't do about it, about it." I thought we did about it, about it. <laughs> then he was just like, man, y'all hire something, man. Then he was like, man, we out, man. He just walked off the stage. I was just like, hey. <laughs> Damn, Pete. <laughs> Damn. Know, only performing like 30. About this. He, he was out there about 10, 15 minutes. Had about 50 people on stage. Y'all was only out here 15 minutes. Wow. Like, what's going on? Wow. Yeah, but, yeah. I um, got, um, well, one, one that I, it's, it's not even on a list, but I got to mention it because, this was the album for everybody um, from my era that really, I mean, if this if this album doesn't happen, then I, I think hip hop really doesn't take the, the course that it does as far as like free speech and things of that nature. Um, two live crew is as nasty they want to be. Man, what you talking about? Honorable Man. mention, you are correct, sir. So it's, I mean, and I mean, it might be one of the greatest album covers of all time. <laughs> but, yeah, I got, in I got in trouble for that album. Yeah, go ahead. I think we all did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if if of course it wasn't lyrical, it wasn't, there wasn't, you know, they weren't breaking it down, they weren't spitting, they weren't dropping science. But the thing, throw that dick, right? Throw that dick. <laughs> there's nothing scientific about throwing that dick. But the thing about it is, is that if that album does not get made and Luke does not take the hit uh, from free speech standpoint, we never get the parental advisory stickers on the albums, and we never have hip hop explode the way that it did. And you know not only did they open the door for other acts, but they, they opened the door for the South really. And yeah. because prior to that, there were no major, uh, Southern acts. And, you know, again, you won't confuse Luke Skywalker with, you know, Rakim or LL, anybody like that. But, you know, I don't think people ever talk enough about Luke's significance and what he brought to the game in doing that. And he took a bullet, you know, really for rap. And so, uh, you know, I, I definitely got to give him his roses, man. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Uncle Luke. And, um, you know, I definitely appreciate that album. Uh, like I said, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't nothing great about it, but uh, it, it definitely it was a trendset and opened the doors. Oh, oh one more of my honorable mentions. Right. I will be I'll be remiss if I don't have Trick Daddy's uh, Book of Thugs, Chapter 8K, Verse 47. Mm. Oh, my God. I love that album. Oh, my God. Man, that, that's, that was, that's like the only Trick Daddy album I still can listen to to this day. I can't listen to any of his other albums. You know, I just, nah, I refuse to. I mean, Trick Daddy still makes albums, which is sad. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I mean, like Trina told him, she was like, your last album, I, I ate you up on like 10 tracks. She wasn't lying when she said that Trina wow. was telling the truth. Trina ate him up on like ten of the tracks. Like she wasn't playing. Like you know what I'm saying. So, 
Yeah, but you know, Trick Daddy still. I don't understand. He he has a, a loyal base, and I I, st- I have to live down here, so I have to say that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So I, I again, there you have it. We these are our favorites. Again, this is not the greatest list of all time. This is not the, you know, the top five of all time. These are just our personal favorites. So what I want to do is I want each and every one of you who are listening. um, If you're listening on SoundCloud, you can leave a comment. Give me your favorite five. Uh, It's rare that I solicit comments, but I I think this would be a good. I, I would definitely be interested in hearing the feedback from people. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, hit me up on Twitter, uh, hit King Germ up on Twitter and tell us what your favorite five Southern rappers are and what your favorite five Southern, uh, hip hop albums of all time. Um, but before we get out of here, King Germ, tell the people where they can catch you and where they can catch a podcast. Man, you can catch our podcast on all podcast readers. Just look up The Frocast. Uh, you can look us up on Instagram at Frocast. It's F-R-O-C-A-S-T. Uh, you can look me up on Twitter at KingGerm1, the number one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we drop every Friday, man. So, you know, if you ain't, you know, you want your weekend to be filled with some shenanigans, man, look us up and add us, whatever like that. Check us out, man. No doubt. 12 Cow Couch for us. Oh, oh, man. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to, man. Makes my Friday mornings go by so much easier. Man, a funny, funny couple. And it's it's not rehearsed. And so, you know, they've been married. Y'all been married, what, 18 years? Uh, we, we've been together 18, 18 years. We've okay. been married, uh, I think, 15. You supposed to know this off the top of your head, brother. Oh, it, well, I mean, it's been 15. I mean, we, it's been so long. I mean, who cares, man? You know? See, it's stuff like this to get Germ in trouble on his own podcast where he can't say how long he's been married and then Queen Germ goes off. And it's so funny to me. It is so funny to me. But yeah, y'all definitely make sure y'all check them out, man. Um, You've been listening to this podcast long enough. You know where to find me, the 12 Kyle Podcast. It can be found on all platforms where podcasts are free, now being featured on iHeartRadio as well as uh, Google Play, uh, Apple um, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. So for my man, King Germ, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.